For our meditation this morning is number 13 in the series on the one another's from Scripture. And this one I'm going to read is a little longer than I usually read. I might read a little faster, but with feeling. This is the living word of God. It's inerrant. And from, I'd like you to turn, if you would, to Romans 14. Romans chapter 14. I'd like to read the whole chapter. Romans chapter 14. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and give thanks, give God thanks. For none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the living, the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet, if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything which, by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin." Well, back in October, I shared a bit about uh, being at peace with one another. And I mentioned several verses at that time that relate to what is commanded here in verse 19, which says, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Let us pursue the things which make for peace. And peace and edification really do go together. You can't really it'd be hard to edify someone if you had enmity with them, if peace was not uh, there. So I'd like to share just a bit uh, as we come to the table of the Lord about uh, verse 19 specifically, uh, a little more in its context. Romans 14 is about liberty and the use of it or the misuse of it. Uh, this verse here uses the verb pursue, pursue. And we are to pursue the things which make for peace and 
uh, pursue the things by which we may edify one another. We're supposed to pursue it. In other words, we have to be intentional in it. It doesn't just happen. So we should be pursuing peace with one another as we are, and we've been praying consistently here. And I have seen also in the scriptures that this word pursue is often connected with the word peace. Very interesting as I looked up those verses. And so for example, Hebrews 12 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So pursue peace with all people. Psalm 34 says, seek peace and pursue it. 2 Timothy 2 says, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. We should be pursuing peace together. So in the passage I read in Romans 14, it begins, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. If someone you know has convictions that they feel they must keep before the Lord, and, and yet it is an issue of liberty, something uh, you do not practice, they should give you the freedom to not practice what they are doing or in the way they're doing that. And you should receive them, it says, and accept them as they do this to honor the Lord. And we should be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We should be eager to maintain that unity. And it goes on in verse two, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Well, if God receives him, the, the question in verse four, who are you, who are we to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Now, examples of this at the time are given. Uh, one person, it says, esteems one day above another, so this day is uh, special to them. It should be observe, observed in a, a certain way, maybe. Uh, another esteems all days alike. Okay, you have a difference there. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. Convictions are okay. If you have a conviction, be convinced of it as allowable scripturally and that it's done to please the Lord, uh, not men. And then it goes on, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. So both are acting in faith to please God. He who eats, eats to the Lord for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. And verse 10 says, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? Because they're different. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Judging your brother or sister and showing contempt is not pursuing peace, nor will it edify your brother or your sister. Verse 12 says, so then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. So to do something over which you have freedom, freedom of conscience and liberty to do, in a way that hurts your brother or sister in Christ is not pursuing peace. It's probably prideful. Uh, it's probably pursuing personal glory. And we should remember that we give account of this to God. And so Paul said, I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there's nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, or whatever that conviction, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Those living for the kingdom in order to please their king do not, for the sake of an issue of liberty, harm others or look down on them or gossip about them. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. 
Again, we're to pursue it. That is what people focused on the kingdom do, I believe. They give grace. They pursue peace. They don't hurt or despise or speak ill of those who have different convictions. And our example, of course, is the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus, who called us, his children, to be peacemakers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And I have on the back table for months, if not years now, we still have these uh, peacemaking principles uh, on the back there. Uh, If you haven't reviewed those, uh, I would encourage you to do so. But in there, there's a quote, and it says, peacemakers are people who breathe grace. Inspired by the gospel, they draw continually on the goodness and power of Jesus Christ, and then breathe out his love, mercy, forgiveness, and wisdom. And all those things would promote peace. So this table is a place where we rejoice in being united in Christ. He has united us to himself, and it is a reminder that we have peace in God through our Lord Jesus Christ and the possibility of peace with one another that he has given us. So fellow brothers and sisters, members of the body of Christ, let's pursue peace with one another and rejoice together now in this means of grace which enables us to pursue peace with one another. And it's all through the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for making peace possible through your sacrifice for us on the cross and that by the power of the Holy Spirit, dwelling in us, that we can pursue peace with others. Lord, forgive us for pride and selfishness, for pride in our convictions, for not being peacemakers. May we be more and more actively pursuing peace to glorify you. And thank you that because our justification is by faith, we can have peace with you and peaceful relationships which honor you. We rejoice in the peace that we can pursue now and in the eternal peace that we know through Jesus Christ our Lord, And we pray in his name, amen.